0: State Representative Tim Briggs of the 149th District of Pennsylvania in Montgomery County. Representative Briggs has served seven terms in the Pennsylvania General Assembly and serves as the Democratic Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Representative Briggs, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Chris. Always great to to talk to
0: you and Villanova students. We really appreciate it. Uh, My first question today has to do with legislation that was brought before the House Judiciary Committee, which you are the Democratic chairman of. In the past, you have brought votes on several firearm safety proposals, all of which have been voted against by House Republicans. In the wake of the recent school shooting in St. Louis, gun reform has been pushed to the top of many voters' priorities for this midterm election. If reelected, would you attempt to pass those bills again or propose new gun reform?
1: Yeah, gun, gun safety legislation has been a priority of mine um, since first getting elected in 2008. We have to uh, continue to, to battle a, a legislative majority that is very influenced by the NRA and, and gun owners of America. Um, so we will do everything we can to try to at least um, have a debate on these policies and bring them up for a vote in the minority, or we have limited options for that. So we, we can always introduce the legislation, which we will, we will always do. Um, and then we can um, use pr- procedural rules, which are a little bit complicated to, to get into, um, but that would require uh, the committee, the standing committee to bring it up. And that's what we did this last session. Uh, we, we filed discharge petitions on four bills, and every time, right when it gets uh, close to being uh, required to be brought up for a committee vote, the, the majority chair sends it to another committee. So then the clock has to start. So very common sense reforms that we're focusing on: lost and stolen, uh, secure storage. You know, keeping your guns safe if, if certain individuals are around them. Um, trying to get the hands guns out of the hands of, of folks that shouldn't be having them, um, either they're, they're you know children or folks with uh, intel, you know intellectual disabilities that you know a, a anger issues that, you know that might have a, a projection from abuse order put on them. these aren't you know uh, scary infringements on the Second Amendment. they're just common sense measures to keep people safe. The majority party, uh, the Republicans uh, want to keep kids safe in the classrooms by making sure every teacher has a gun. Um, I think that's 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 not the right direction. Um, and instead of really having a conversation on gun safety and violence in Philadelphia, they want to blame the district attorney and um, impeach him, which is is also not you know uh, the, the the solution. It needs to be something much more comprehensive. And uh, the public wants us to do this, and we just have to make sure we have legislators that are willing to do it as well.
0: You mentioned a few policies in that answer i'm wondering what would be the number one priority
1: of those policies would you say so i mean every, everyone has different um different priorities I mean, i i've introduced a couple of bills in my name i think lost and stolen is is historically been the top top preference so if if you if you are a firearm owner and you you know lose or Your gun is stolen. You're supposed to report it to the police. That's what the proposal is. So many times folks who aren't able to buy their own firearm will use a straw purchaser. Someone that is able, you know, me, for instance, I can go and purchase a firearm. I'll sell it on the, on the open market, you know, the street to someone who's not able to buy it. That is later used for a crime they trace it back to me and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know anything about it. You know, my, it must've been stolen. Um, so that is, I think a, um, you know, they, they, the lost and stolen requirement that would, would hold me somehow liable for that transaction involved in the underlying crime. So that, that is, um, a way that I think getting, getting less guns, um, more guns out of the hands of folks that shouldn't have them, um, would, would, would be helpful. Um, there's uh there's there's dozens of bills that all would all would make a difference um but i do think lost and stolen background checks universal background checks is something we've we've advocated for a long time um right now if you go to a firearm dealer you have to uh go through a little bit of a wait a little you know criminal background check mental health background check Um, but if you go to a gun show it's it's open open season you know you can you can purchase um uh, firearms you know long long rifles without without those checks and then the third that we've talked a lot about is um ghost guns you know essentially if you're not able to buy the, the handgun you could buy pieces of the handgun kits and then construct them yourself and it's they they are used more and more in in shootings in uh in Pennsylvania and something has to Something has to be done. You know, they use 3D printers to do the last piece or or, you know, maybe you get the whole gun, but without, you know, one component to it. And then you buy that separate and then you have a whole a whole gun. So firearm, that's the (laughs) got it. Yep.
0: Um, Moving on to the economy in a poll from Gallup released just yesterday. The economy is the clear number one issue for voters in this midterm election. Gas prices are a major component of this, as the average price for a gallon of gas in Pennsylvania is currently $4, 30 cents higher than the national average and over a dollar more than before the Biden administration took office. What steps will you take, along with your colleagues, to reduce gas prices in Pennsylvania, as well as make other consumer goods more affordable?
1: Yeah, so the, the House Democrats um, largely supported a bill that would affect uh the price gouging that that goes on during these times of crisis you know um you know, there there is a supply side issue um, that is kind of the after effects of covid um but then also you you add on the uh the, the situation in ukraine and the the major international producers russia putting a stop to gas so when we were first kind of debating the the idea of you know temporarily halting our states tax on gas it's it's, the, it's at the wholesale side of things um there was a real concern that if we did anything to reduce gas prices the retailer wouldn't pass that along you know that if we if we eliminated you know if it's 50 cent tax that it wouldn't we you and i wouldn't pay 50 cents less a gallon that the 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 pump price would still be elevated so we introduced a bill to to be able to um, prosecute price gouging it you know to 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 try to make sure that that actually gets to the consumer the real pickle is what the taxes on gas go towards paying it it goes towards keeping our roads improved and our so you don't want to make you know bridges bridges safe you don't want to do something that you know later creates an issue of, you know, a funding source for our road repair. Um, you know, if that, that doesn't, you know, address that, we, we should probably stop funding our infrastructure based on gasoline. I mean, we all want people to use less gasoline and, you know, the 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 less people use, the higher the tax has to be to come up with the same amount of money. So we need a real uh, complex uh, kind of reworking of how our roads and, and bridges you know, get funded to to repair. Um, but going back to the economy, that I think that is, um, you know, it's not just gas. So much of our products are being elevated, and a lot of times it's it's not related to anything other than um, just raising prices because the retailer can raise the prices. So that price gouging legislation, I think, would have a real impact on it. Um, and we have to be able to make sure whatever relief we can provide is directly to the people who most need it. So um, we we want to make sure our businesses are are hiring and productive and 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 paying appropriately. Um, making sure you know, I think the minimum wage just the market itself is taking taking care of the minimum wage. But we have to make sure that people aren't kind of falling in that that gray area and and below a living wage, you know, so I I would support, you know, um, codifying the minimum wage, but I I do understand that. I think, you know, you can, you can go out and, and it's probably be hard to find a job making, making less than $10 an hour now. I mean, I think you need, we, we need to make it living. Um, but then, you know, whatever relief we, we, we keep trying these focused, um, uh, efforts to assist those industries that really need, you know, if it's healthcare or, um, you know, that you keep hearing about the hospitality and, and restaurants are having a hard time. Um, but products, supplies are expensive. Um, Transportation is expensive. So we we do need to, uh, to address it as as carefully as possible.
0: Moving on to one of the more hotly debated topics right now, Following the Dobbs decision, abortion policy has been left to state legislatures across the country. If reelected, would you like to see any legislation to address the question of abortion, which is the second most important issue in the country this election?
1: Yeah, so Pennsylvania right now, the legislature is uh, uh, very conservative. It's both the House and the Senate are are dominated by um, mega conservatives, um, the, the fringe of the Republican Party. Um, and they have always, for years, tried to restrict access to abortion. Very, you know, narrowly focused. Um, Governor Wolf has vetoed a number of those efforts. But now, as you said, with the Supreme Court decision, it opens the door for them to do something much, much more restrictive. Um, they tried to. They passed. You know, the process of passing a constitutional amendment um, language. Which you know, the language passed this session, it would have to pass in the in 2023 and then be put on the ballot for all of Pennsylvanians to vote. And the language is very um would ban all right to any, any um abortion relevant services to an abortion. It's very broad. Um, it's very concerning. Efforts like this in, in more conservative states overall have failed. So if they are able to get it through. Um, the legislative process which would not require um, you know a presentment to the governor the governor 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 would not have an opportunity to veto it 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 would go to the ballot would be up to the citizens of Pennsylvania to to vote on that I I'm strongly opposed to uh, legislating through constitutional amendments it really gets you in, in a in a jam where you know no exceptions are being discussed no, no time period, it's any. So the way it would, if it was passed, it would be at conception, you know, regardless of health of the mother, life of the mother, um, you know, uh, uh, rape, incest, um, you know, knowing, you know, it, it's, it really is, uh, would be devastating for Pennsylvania. We, we need to legislate this, um, you know, and have real debates, have, have you know, doctors, um, the, the medical community, and and you know women making these decisions, and the legislature shouldn't be doing anything that would restrict those those decisions. So that's where where I would be. Um, and if the best way to do this would be to um, flip control of the legislature, you know, elect more Democrats to the House and to the Senate. Um, if we get one of those chambers, that constitutional amendment is off the table. Um, even if we get closer that constitutional amendment would be off the table because there, it wasn't purely party line, but it was largely driven by the Republicans. I think, you know, five or six Republicans voted against it. Two Democrats voted for it. So even if we get um, a closer gap, um, then I think we we would be able to rest a little bit. Um, but it's up to some people ask, is it on the ballot? I think I think, yes, it's, it's not you're not going to be looking for it. If, if you have feelings one way or the other on abortion it's not going to be clear but you need to be focused on who you're voting for to know um what what they believe what they what they think is the priority So um, we um, a, a lot of a lot of the candidates in the suburbs are spending a lot of time letting folks know where they are on on access to abortion um and you know I think an informed electorate is, is is crucial um and knowing if that is something that you care about you you should know there's only four votes on this ballot you know some some areas have a state senator running so that would be five um it's not too hard to to figure out where people are on these issues
0: yep now as wxvu is a college radio station issues of education are important for many of the students listening here as Villanova is one of the most expensive colleges in the country, would you like to see any legislation to achi- assist in achieving affordable higher education across Pennsylvania?
1: Yeah, so I, I went to a public school, a public college. I went to Westchester in, in Pennsylvania and then Temple Law School. And at the time, the uh, the state contributed very uh, heavily into the public sector um, they have done less so over over the years. So even while Villanova is a is an elite private school, um, we have public schools that aren't aren't getting their fair share and are getting out of reach for a lot of a lot of folks. Um, so the the cost of higher ed has been a priority of mine. I'm on the state system of higher ed uh, board of governors, um, and what what happens is you know. You, you just left with a bigger debt right so like you know the schools the more expensive schools are it's not like you know you can work a second part-time job to pay it off you you borrow the money and and you know you're 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 leaving college you know kind of straps to making whatever your next step decision is based on how you know when you got to make your your financial aid payments and might hold off on on you know advancing your your life or buying a house I mean it really is something that um, we Pennsylvania uh, will um because I'm confident that uh, uh Joshua Piroy will, will get elected I'm I'm very c- confident that we will have a discussion in a very global sense of higher ed and funding for for all of our schools, our privates our community colleges our public institutions um, because we will we really need a plan and you know one year we can't be focusing on, bailing out Penn State another year focusing on mm-hmm. increasing FIA grants another year focus I mean we it all works together and I think uh if we do it right we can we can take real steps on on addressing affordability um the governor or the president uh just uh, advanced as you as you all know the um, financial aid debt retirement, you know, of, of ten thousand dollars for a lot of a lot of payers and up to twenty thousand for folks with Pell. Um that is a step, but that's not going to do anything with the cost of education. That that's what you borrowed. Uh, we really need to do something to make sure the 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 cost is is more manageable. Um and it's it's a real complicated issue, but you know I, I know Josh's um, attorney general Shapiro has indicated already that he wants to Wants to be part of that conversation to make sure pennsylvania is is being able to continue to recruit but then you know when you graduate um stay in pennsylvania and and be productive citizens
0: now moving away from more of the policy side of things and now to the state of the political atmosphere in pennsylvania as of right now, Republicans control both houses of the Pennsylvania State Legislature, which you've alluded to. Uh, the Republicans are not projected to lose control this election. So will you reach across the aisle to work with Republicans to fix issues that are near and dear to voters hearts? And if so, how do you foresee this happening in our era of deep party polarization, if at all?
1: Yeah, so I think um, the the. Partisan gerrymandering that has happened in the last twenty or thirty years have really created core Democratic seats and core Republican seats. That you know, meaning you know, a, a Democrat is never going to lose to a Republican in, in probably seventy-five of these seats. A Republican is never going to lose to a Democrat in ninety of their seats. So, where, but where you can lose is in a is in a primary and. What who the folks who vote in primaries tend to be more ideological, you know, ground, you know, in, in their thinking. So a Republican primary, real conservative ideological Republicans are voting. So what what's what was happening in these these old maps is that people were becoming even more and more and more polarized. The um, the uh, you know compromise was a, a dirty word. You know, you didn't want to be viewed as somebody who was, you know, selling selling out on your principles. But what we have this year is a map that is not as gerrymandered. And just the makeup of our Commonwealth, you're going to have, you know, Republican areas, you're going to have Democratic areas. But there's going to be more purpley areas that are going to be held by Democrats or held by Republicans, and they they can't be extremes. So that's where the target will be. I mean, I, I I'm not with you that uh, I'm writing off the majority. I think it's going to be it's going to be we we have an uphill fight, but we have a path to the majority. But where we definitely have a path is in 2024. So if we were able to win, you know, narrow the 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 gap between the the Republicans and the Democrats in in the House of Representatives. If we're able to get that to you know 98 to 105 or you know within within single digits, then those are the folks in those purple areas. They're gonna be worried in 2024, a presidential year. Hopefully, not you know, you know, these concerns that are you know the gas prices that you alluded to, and you know, those concerns will be off the table because President Biden will will have addressed them. But where we are going to have to focus is, and with Governor Shapiro, you know, as a as a very talented um, politician and, and, and governmental leader, we're going to come focusing on issues that really matter to Pennsylvanians, not the extreme, you know, the tax credits for corporations or um, is- issues on the extreme that just kind of energize our base. We need to get to issues that are really uh, mattering to pennsylvanians and i think josh will on day day one or two or three come up with five or six of them and say this is what we got to reform education we got to we got to deal with uh climate and energy you know we we got to deal with with these you know and i'm not going to say which issues he's caring about but um and put pressure on us to get together and that's where i think those 10 legislators and those those middle districts those kind of purpley areas are going to be really influential. We tend to, you know, kind of go in our camps when it comes to party politics, you know, the these and ours. But what, what's missing is the regional connections. You know, we used to have really strong bipartisan Southeastern, you know, topics that we would focus on. Um, that That's even kind of gone away. So I think that's where you start, you know people in close proximity that share values, maybe not party loyalties. Um, that, that happens in Allegheny County. It happens in northeastern Pennsylvania, you know, the, the Poconos area. There's D's and R's that have issues that are clearly important to their region. And, you know, we kind of have to go back to the the basics. I mean, when you're 20 votes in the minority, it's hard to say, okay, let's find Twenty one folks to go with the Democrats. Well, that's that's never going to happen. So but if it's within, you know, you need three or four votes to to stop bad policies or three or four votes to, to advance something that's much more manageable. Um, the The polarization of of our society isn't good. It's not what, you know, citizens of Pennsylvania want. They want Pennsylvania to be a growing, prosperous state dealing with real heavy issues we do it sometimes you know we did it with medical marijuana expansion we did it with transportation funding when you know we, we we were 49th out of 50 states we came together this last year for for basic ed funding you know from k to 12 the school districts um but we we need to do it a lot more often and i think that's focus on the regionalization and then those those Purpley districts that will be very competitive in two years.
0: Now, lastly, moving to your reelection campaign this year, you are facing Republican Nancy Price. Now, you both disagree over most policies, such as abortion and gun rights. So, why should the people of the 149th district of Pennsylvania vote for you?
1: I think I'm a a member of the community that shares most of my district's values. If it's, if it's climate change, if it's investing in public education, investing for common sense, gun rights, uh, women's right to choose. Um, That is what I hear from so many of my constituents. And that's what I've been a champion of. Um, You know, we, we have a, a very, uh, diverse districts. It's, it's parts of the main line. It's, it's Bridgeport Borough and it's King of Prussia. King of Prussia has some real, it's a real economic engine in, in our Commonwealth, a job creator. And I've been very instrumental in helping that industry grow. If it's through the life sciences, if it's through other innovative uh, developments. Um, and, and I think that is what the district is. It's, it's socially progressive, fiscally responsible. Moving Pennsylvania forward, taking steps to to move our economy forward, and that is um, from all the town hall meetings and all the communications I have with my constituents. That's the, the direction they want Pennsylvania to be going. So if if you share those values, then I think um, you know I I am the obvious voice choice. But I'm not taking anything for granted, and I'm and I'm taking I take every election serious, and that is. That is why I'm so grateful that you reached out to have me talk to, to talk to your listeners.
0: Absolutely. Representative Briggs, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate it.
1: Great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you.